0: Uh, This was one of those weeks in my house that was a little bit interesting. Uh, It's usually interesting at my house, but but some are standing out a little bit more than others. And uh, this past week was one of them where uh, Tuesday night we had gotten back from uh, being out all day. I was just exhausted. I was shot. And so... Get to bed, and I'm just out. I mean, just one of those nights where you're just out. And uh, woke up at around 1:30 to my three-year-old throwing up, which is always a blessed moment. And so we got the bucket, and we're ready for future, you know, occurrences of this. And uh, Kelly ended up staying pretty much all night downstairs with him and he was sick all through the night so then uh the next day uh somebody here actually had given kate and i some mets tickets we were going to city field to check that out we were super pumped and so we were on our way there and he's like oh dad i'm so hungry i can't wait to eat and i'm like yo man me too and so we started talking about all the food we were going to chow we were going to have pretzels and ice cream and cotton candy and probably three different colors and i mean just go for it right and he's we're getting closer he's like oh man my stomach man it's like growling i'm so hungry and then he kind of goes, "Dad, I don't know if I'm hungry or I'm starting to feel sick." And I'm like, "You're hungry, you're hungry. Please be hungry, you know? We're all hungry." And so we're driving all of a sudden he's like, "I'm going to throw up." You know, and just kind of <laughs> did one of those. So he threw up as we're driving in the car there and uh, it's raining out, so we're like, oh, is the game even going to happen? And he's throwing up. So I said, buddy, so what are we going to do here? I, I really wanted to let him make the call because he was so excited about it. And so I said, what are we doing? He said, let's keep going, you know. He's like, I can't walk, but let's keep going. I'm like, yeah, all right, I'll just carry you, you know, up through the stadium. And uh, so we're driving a little bit further, and all of a sudden he's like, dad. And I'm like, I know. He's like, blah, you know, again. So I'm like, all right. <laughs> so I said, buddy, what's the plan here? He says, let's go home. I said, all right. And uh, then it actually was rained out anyway, so it just wasn't meant to be that night. Um, So I get home. I stay up pretty much all night with my other son, Landon, who was originally the culprit here. And, uh, you know, I'm downstairs with him and trying to make sure he's okay. And then uh, on a normal, you know, on a week like this, most people would sort of take it easy and chill out. But we are, you know, we're unique people. So the Jansons actually got a dog this week. And um, it's not a dog like you might think, though, okay? It's, it's my daughter, Brynn, my five-year-old, actually turning her little brother into a dog. So this is Buster Biscuits. I'd like to introduce Buster. There he is. And... Uh, Kelly and I walked into the room the other day to see this happening. And uh, he actually loves, he plays right along. As you can see in this next picture, he's got no problem drinking from his bowl. And <laughs> he, he just is a very happy dog. So Buster Biscuits has now entered the family. and. Uh, As you can imagine, a bowl of fishies, a bowl of water like that ended up a big pile of mush all over the floor and everything, okay? So it was just one of those weeks, you know, I mean, I could go on and on. And as I'm telling these stories, some of you guys who are young and single, we got a lot of singles here tonight, a lot of young couples tonight... And you are just thinking, "Oh, never, kids," you know, just not going to happen. Others of you guys are thinking, well, "Maybe when I'm like 50," you know. I mean, science will have advanced; that will be cool then. You know, I mean, we'll just go for it then. And you know, just it's just not going to happen anytime soon because of all that. And um, my fear is is that we've kind of done the same type of thing when it comes to the Holy Spirit that. The Holy Spirit, you know, the name's brought up, and we kind of think, oh, I don't know about that. You know, they, it could be a little bit messy. It seems like, you know, things kind of get out of control, and suddenly your schedule, you know, I mean, you, you think of kids and the, how they kind of change things. I feel like the Holy Spirit's going to come in and just kind of change things. And, and you know, the thing thing of it is, is is just like having kids. Yeah, there's, there's, there's some interesting things about it and some difficult things about it at times. But, man, the the good outweighs the bad astronomically, you know. I mean, there's nothing like you know, coming home, opening the door and the kids running to you, you know, and there's nothing like just the random. I love you from one of them. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's like the long pause. You don't know what's coming. Dad. You're like, yeah, well, this could be anything. I mean, they could be asking for a goldfish. They could be asking for a gerbil so that they can watch him eat the goldfish. Like, you just don't know what's coming next. And then it's just, I love you. And you're like, that's it. Okay, that's all? Oh, sweet. That's awesome, man. I love you too, you know? And he wasn't buttering me up or anything, you know, just the real deal. There's nothing like just hysterically laughing with them. There's nothing like playing baseball with them. There's nothing like these things. And so the good so outweighs the bad. And the same is true with the Holy Spirit. And I wouldn't ever say that there's anything bad about the Holy Spirit, but I could say that there's definitely some bad connotations that go along with him. There's some bad misunderstandings that go along with the Holy Spirit. And like we've been saying, there's YouTube videos and late night TV to prove that. And so what I really hope that as we go through this series is that you're more and more seeing that the Holy Spirit is a good thing. The Holy Spirit is not to be feared. That people are sometimes to be feared who claim things are happening in the Holy Spirit that really aren't. But that ultimately the Holy Spirit is an incredible gift. And the the biggest part of this is, is that Jesus himself said it would be better for him to leave so that the Holy Spirit could come. I mean, we all think, wow, to have Jesus standing there in the flesh would be amazing to go through life like that. He's going, no, no, no. See, it's better that I go so that I can send you the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is really what you need. And so I realize I've been offending people on both sides of the gamut here. you got the people who are all about the Holy Spirit, and they don't care. They, I mean, you know, they'll be as crazy as they want to be. And then you got people here tonight who would say, oh, Holy Spirit. It's like, you know, I don't know. We don't talk about the Holy Spirit. And so I, I know I'm offending kind of everybody on both sides. But you know what? I'm just going to tell you what Scripture says. I'm going to tell you what... We believe to be true and we'll just kind of keep going for it here and so what we've talked about so far is that the holy spirit wears a couple different hats he does a couple different awesome amazing incredible things that i'm hoping you're starting to be encouraged about the first one we said was he leads us into truth so if you have ever un- ever understood any truth about god it's simply because the holy spirit's helped you understand and see that truth last week we talked about how the, the holy spirit enables us to overcome sin you know, and these are things, I mean, for us to resist the Holy Spirit, if he wants to lead us into truth, and he wants to help us overcome sin, then it's insane for us to be scared of the Holy Spirit. It's insane for us to feel like, oh, I don't know, man, maybe the bad outweighs the good. In actuality, it's, it's so opposite. And so tonight we're going to look at another role the Holy Spirit plays. And I'm excited about tonight because of the potential. As we were worshiping, I was feeling the, the bigness of what God could do on Long Island if we would all live out tonight, if we would all get serious about what we're gonna talk about in these next several minutes together. And so I wanna talk with you guys tonight about what the Holy Spirit has to do when we're trying to tell people about our relationship with God. What does the Holy Spirit have to do with you being able to look someone in the face, a neighbor, a friend, a coworker, uh, somebody from your school, being able to look them in the face and tell them who Jesus is and what he's done for you. See, the Holy Spirit does something really powerful as we do that. And the question is, what is that? Now, if you're not a Christian here tonight, you're thinking, all right, so we're talking tonight about how to tell people about God. Like, what is that gonna do for me? I don't even believe in God necessarily, okay? But this is an awesome night because we're kind of like, wherever you are, you're gonna get something out of tonight. If you are a Christian, you're gonna understand what the Holy Spirit wants to do in and through you. And if you're, if you're not a Christian, you're gonna understand some of the reasons that we believe that Jesus is alive, We're going to see as we walk through this tonight that there's some incredible proof. And if you've wondered and you've thought and you've heard the stories tonight, I hope you'll really see and you'll really believe and understand all that God has done for you and what Jesus has done for you and that it's true and that it's real. So hang in there with us. If you are a Christian and you're thinking about sharing your faith, I think the big thing that keeps most of us back is this thought running through our minds. I think you think it I think I think it whether we phrase it this way or not. I think we look in the mirror and we think, okay, it's just me. It's just me. Like if I'm going to go tell my neighbor about about Jesus, it's me, like and I know me. And I know I'm going to mess it up. I know I'm going to get it out wrong. I know I'm going to confuse it. I know it's going to turn into an argument. I know I'm just not going to do it right. Maybe if I was somebody else, maybe if, if, if one of the guys on staff was there, maybe if that missionary, maybe that, that Seth guy who was going to Central Asia, maybe he could come tell my neighbor about Jesus. Maybe, you know, my grandma, like, yeah, she's got a mustache and she always smells like blueberry jelly, but she knows the scriptures ridiculously, like nobody I know. And so if she were here, she could, she could go ahead. And, and I mean, this, this person I want to tell about Jesus, they would be like on their face, saying, Jesus, be my Savior, and I'd just be standing there, and if I said the same thing, like, nothing would happen. Because it's just me. And we know that about ourselves, and we struggle with it, and we fear we're going to get our words mixed up. And, and what if they ask questions? What if they ask about the beast of revelation and what that's all about? And you're like, I don't even know. You know I mean? What, what if they ask uh, why bad things happen to good people? I mean, what am I going to say? And so we kind of hold back, and we withdraw, and we get worried about how is this really going to turn out? think some of us look at the Bible and we look at guys like Peter and we look at guys like John and Paul and some of these others. And we think to ourselves, it just seems like these guys were born to do this. You know, like they just had something I don't have. Like they were just naturally able to do this. It was like a talent. They were like born with the talent to talk about Jesus or something, you know? And what I want you to see tonight is that's not true. I want you to see that Peter on his best day, relying on himself, would make as much of a mess trying to tell somebody about Jesus as you or I would. And tonight we're going to look at the secret. What was the secret the disciples had that made them so effective? What was it that empowered them? Because we all kind of think of them as these heroes. And man, it's awesome to see what God's done in their lives. But I just maybe think that you and I think we're unqualified. That we're not Peter and we're not John and we're not Paul. And that we never could be. And I would argue differently. I would argue that maybe tonight you'll realize you're more qualified than you think. And that God wants to use you. You know what's crazy? This is incredible. The way, the way that God, this is all his plan, that God wants the message of Jesus to get out to the world is you. Like that's his plan. You're thinking he needs a new plan, right? I mean, that's his plan. It's you. It's me. It's us, okay? I mean... Creation's out there. It's beautiful. It's amazing. Scripture tells us that it shows people there's a God, but there's just one problem. It doesn't show people there's a Savior. There's one way that God chose for people to come to know who Jesus is, and it's through our mouths and our lives. And so tonight, I want you to understand that maybe you're more equipped than you realize. And honestly, rather than put pressure on you, like, guys, why aren't you doing this? Come on, get out there. I want you to more almost take a deep breath, and relax a little bit, and see what God might do through you, as you do it his way, and so let's check out Luke 24, and uh, we're going to see some pretty awesome things tonight, and if you're not a Christian, as we read through this, you're going to see why we believe, you're going to see a bunch of the reasons why we believe that Jesus is alive, and the reason I want to read through these verses before we get to like the verse that I want to break apart for us tonight as Christians, is because I want you to see that the disciples were these guys, right? Jesus' closest friends who saw incredible things on planet Earth, right? I mean, they hung out with Jesus for all these years, saw these incredible things happen. I mean, the blind seeing, the the lame walking. I mean, all kinds of crazy stuff. And yet, they were nothing without this secret that we're going to find out tonight. In fact, Jesus told them, as we're going to read tonight, that if they didn't wait for what he wanted to do in their lives, that this was all going to be a mess, that nothing good was going to happen, that, that they weren't going to be world changers like we know them to be. And so let's check out what they saw. What did the disciples see here? Because you would think with the, the faith they must have had and the experience with God they must have had, that if anyone could go out there and win people for Jesus, right, it would be these guys. But let's look and see how this story unfolds here. Verse 36 says this, Let me say this real quick. Jesus has just risen from the dead. There's rumors out there that he's alive, but some of these guys haven't seen him yet. So it says this. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, Why are you troubled, and why why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you see I have. When he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. Now, if you're not a Christian here tonight, you'll be thinking, well, all right, that's a little bit weird. It's a little bit odd. They think he's a ghost and he shows them his hands where the nail holes were and like, what's all about? See, let me just say it this way. If I were these guys in the first century and none of this had really happened, let's say it was all a lie and I'm trying to make this up and I'm trying to, for whatever reason, because maybe of monetary reasons or I think I can gain some kind of power or I want to, like, you know, just get my name out there. I'm going to make all this stuff up about Jesus rising back from the dead. If that's me and that's my goal, I'm certainly not going to write into the story that when I first saw this resurrected Jesus, I thought he was a ghost. Right? I'm not going to go, Oh, you know what? I really needed some convincing. Okay? I love that the doubt is in there. I love that when Jesus walks in there, they're like, come on, Really? Like they're sitting back, kind of like you or I often do. Isn't that true? And they, we need to investigate this a little bit more. And so he shows them his hands and his feet. He says, look, touch me. He goes, look, here's my hands. I'm flesh and bone. So you don't have to think I'm a ghost. I'm really, truly alive. Then verse 41. It says, and while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them. Now, he's, he's about to ask them something. And I just want to set the stage here a little bit. I mean, just imagine this. Jesus has just risen back from the dead. You're standing in this room. You can't believe it. You're confused. You're still kind of like, is he a ghost or not? Like, what's going on here? Right? And then he takes this deep breath in. And you know he's about to say something. And I'm just sure everybody stopped. And you could hear a pin drop. And then listen to this question he asked them do you have anything here to eat? <laughs> like, yo, you guys got some food? I'm hungry. I kind of just like gross from the dead and stuff. You know, yeah. you guys have any food Yeah, you, you have anything I, I could eat? And, and I think he's doing this just to show them again. Hey, I'm human. I'm the real deal. Verse 42, he says, they gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and ate it in their presence. So he's like, okay, you, you've touched the nails the, or the, the nail holes. You've eaten with me here. You guys starting to convince, you know, be convinced I'm, I'm the real thing. And then it says this, This there's another reason we believe this. He said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. So one of the big reasons that we believe all this stuff's true, not just because the Bible says that it came and happened, but because of a thousand years before, a guy like David wrote and said, you know what, someday a savior's coming. And you know what, they're gonna nail him to a cross. And as we've talked about in the evidence series, there was no such thing as crucifixion when he wrote this. And he's detailing all this stuff incredibly. And so Jesus is just trying to say, hey, guys, um, remember all that stuff like David wrote and Isaiah wrote and all those guys? Well, verse 45 says, then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. So he's like, yeah, you remember all that stuff? Like all that stuff those guys wrote? Yeah, that was about me. And I'm here and I'm doing it and I'm living it out. And so if you're not a Christian, I hope you see that we're not just talking about a historical event. We're talking about a historical event that was prophesied out to a thousand years before it ever happened down to the craziest, incredible detail. And take the evidence CD set. We really get into that in part two or three of that one. But if you are a Christian, here you are. Pretend you're a disciple for a second. You've seen all these incredible things in just the last 10 minutes. You've eaten with Jesus. You've seen a resurrected body. And so if anybody could go out and change the world. Don't you think he'd be the guys in the room in that moment? I mean, they've seen Jesus. They've been with him. I feel like if you or I saw Jesus, we'd just be like, I can do anything, man. I, I believe I can fly. You know, I mean, just go for it, right? I mean, because like that's just absolutely incredible. I've seen a man raised back from the dead. And so he says in verse 47, repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And he says in the next part something that's powerful. But I think like, let's just be Peter for a second. You guys remember Peter kind of like jumping ahead of everything, you know, like telling Jesus he's wrong and then cutting off some dude's ear. I mean, he's just like always messing up. Right. And so Jesus is saying, okay, repentance is going to be preached. Forgiveness of sins is going to be preached. And I just see Peter ready to walk out the door. He's over by the door. He's ready to open that thing up and just go. And Jesus is about to tell him, whoa, 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 whoa. I know you think you're like super qualified because you've seen the risen me. (laughs) I know we just hung out and we had a little fish and stuff. And so you're ready to go and you're reared up and your faith's huge. But you need to see what he says here. He says, you are witnesses of these things. I'm going to send you what my father has promised, which we talked about in week one was the Holy Spirit, right? But stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. He says, look, Peter, I know you want to go out there and do your thing. But if you walk out this door without being empowered by the Holy Spirit, nothing's going to happen. If you go out there, you start saying, hey, guess what? I saw Jesus alive, and he's, he's the real thing, and I ate with him, and he showed me his hands and his feet. No one's going to believe. Well, why? Because you haven't received power from on high. You haven't yet received the Holy Spirit. Do you guys see that the disciples weren't even qualified to tell anybody about Jesus until they had the Holy Spirit. They were 100% unqualified for that job. And so Peter's ready to run out the door without the Holy Spirit. And you know what I think you and I do? I think we walk out the door, not without the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit's in you if you're a Christian. But we walk out the door forgetting that we have the Holy Spirit. We walk out the door not relying on the Holy Spirit. And so we go out there and we're just kind of, Looking around, going, I'd love to tell so and so about Jesus, but it's just me. It's just me. What am I going to do? No, it's not just you. You see, the Holy Spirit's in your life. And the Holy Spirit empowers us to tell people about Jesus. That's one of the roles that He plays, that, that, that's Him in the mix. And you're ready to tell somebody about God. You're ready to just, you know, get out there and do the thing. And and the Holy Spirit is working behind the scenes on that situation. And so my hope tonight, guys, is that as you begin to go out, as you begin to think about that neighbor, that family member, that person in your life, that you would love for them. You would love for them to know Jesus. You'd love for them to have a relationship, that more and more you would be involving the Holy Spirit in that conversation. I mean, how crazy is it? If it's the Holy Spirit that had to anoint and fill these disciples so they could go out and do their thing, how crazy is it for you and I to go over and to our neighbor's lawn and, and be ready to you know, kind of give them our speech about Jesus and not even having asked the Holy Spirit, would you guide this conversation? Would you be in the middle of this? How crazy is it for us to sit you know, at work across from that person and maybe today's the day I'll be able to you know, tell them what God's been doing in my life. Wouldn't it be insane to not involve the Holy Spirit in that situation say spirit of god help me help me get these words out right guide this conversation be doing things in this person's heart that i can't do because the holy spirit empowers us to tell people about jesus i've been teaching landon how to how to hit and um he kind of started out beginning of the year he had his hands like this on the bat, you know and he'd be standing on the plate sideways like this, you know. And I'm like, turn, buddy, turn, you know. And so he'd turn. And, and eventually I said, all right, Cade, just throw us a few pitches. And so I came over, and I just, I just came right down around Landon. And I just I held the bat. He's got his hands on the bat, and I got my hands on the bat, you know. And Cade throws the pitch in, and then we swing, and we hit a nice shot. Landon's, like, jumping up and down. I'm like, shut up. It was all me, man. You know, I mean, come on. And so I didn't say that. Who's awing, you know? And so, Paul, stop awing. I mean, <laughs> so just swinging that bat, swinging that bat, right? And now, man, forget it. He's got it all down. He's got that net. The eyebrows go down. The lips go out. You know, he's just ready for that swing. But, man, as he was learning how to hit, I was, I was standing right there. It was my hands. I was doing the work. He was partnering with me. It's very different than the times when I would say, buddy, let me show. No, I know how to do. <laughs> I know how to do, right? No, 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 no. Dude, come here. Let me help you. Let me swing. And that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. He wants to help you swing. He, he just wants you to know that his hands are on the bat, that he's in the situation, that you're the mouthpiece, that your job is to, is to swing, and that he's going to really guide the bat, and he's going to help that thing go flying. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to be doing in our lives. See, I don't think we really know who we are. We think we're unqualified. We think it won't work. And you know what? Not every person He's going to come to know Jesus. No matter what you believe, free will or predestination, you come down to the same answer. Not everyone will believe. But you know what? God's goal, God's plan to save this world right now is your mouth and my mouth and your life and my life. And he wants to empower us to live this out. And he wants you tonight to know who you are. That you're his child filled with his spirit. If you've been around a collision For a while, you probably remember me talking about this, but several years back, I was at Staples in the parking lot and I was just about to leave and this guy was in a van and he backed up and he almost hit this other guy and his wife. And so instantly they started arguing and they're yelling at each other and screaming and cursing, and all this kind of stuff. And then the guy pulls the van forward and he gets out of the car and he gets out. and He's got this big leg brace on. I'm like, oh my gosh, something bad's gonna happen again, you know? And so he's walking over and he's like limping and they're cursing each other. And I'm thinking, do I break up the fight or run? Probably run and, you know, just the whole deal. And all of a sudden the leg brace dude ended it. Cause he came up with the most brilliant line of all time, which I will always use to intimidate anyone that comes after me. He steps out, you know, and honestly the other guy, leg brace leg brace guy was smaller, the other guy was much bigger, right? But this guy just looks back at at, at this big guy and he just goes, You have no idea who I am. And I was like, Whoa. <laughs> you know <I> was like, <laughs> that was it, you know? There was like a ripple in the sky. I mean, it was crazy, you know? And and the guy just kind of like like walked away with his wife, like, is he Chuck Norris? You know I mean? Just like, who is this guy, you know? And uh, I, just, I just remember laughing. I mean, obviously laughing in the moment, but I remember like, just thinking like, that's so true of Christians. That's so true of us. Like we have no idea who we are sometimes. We have no idea how empowered and how equipped we are to tell people about God's love for them. And so what I want you to do, I want you to involve the Holy Spirit in your telling. I want you to begin to pray for the people in your, whatever it is, your neighborhood, your your school, your workplace, your family. Begin to say, Holy Spirit, you are the power here. I'm swinging the bat, you are the power. Without you, I'm nothing. And so would you please, Holy Spirit, would you involve yourself in this situation? Would you begin working on their heart? So that when I'm like, hey, could I talk to you about something? They're like, yeah, I was wondering about God. You know, I mean, it's just like that easy. Would you just begin working behind the scenes? And as I'm talking, would you be, like we talked about in the first week, leading them to truth? I mean, if you and I didn't choose God and were unable to see truth until the Holy Spirit opened our eyes, then who's going to do that in our friends' lives? It's the Holy Spirit. And so begin to involve the Holy Spirit in these conversations. We have a couple in our church who uh, are uh, pretty old and they got saved only a few years ago. And the reason they got saved is because they came here for a baptism or a baby dedication or a wedding or something. I can't remember what it was. And you know what? This older couple, as they got saved, they couldn't understand why they knew some Christians. And they, they couldn't understand why these Christians hadn't invited them to church earlier. Like, why? We, we could have been here all these years. We could have been here all this time. Why didn't our, these people in our lives who, who love God and who love us, why didn't they just say something? Why didn't they swing the bat? And so you need to realize who you are. You need to realize that you're a loved child of God with the Holy Spirit who is the power and who will do great things. And if we would live this out, we begin to see people come to know Jesus. I mean, that's the whole goal. That's the whole point. And I just felt it was so cool as we were just worshiping tonight. I just got a little bit emotional and just felt, like I said in the beginning, the weight, guys, the weight of what could happen if we on Long Island began to just live this out. We just began to just whisper to the Holy Spirit. It's not some big thing. I'm not asking you to you know, just go you know, fast and pray for a week about. I'm just saying, involve the Holy Spirit in these conversations. I had a friend in college who would, every time he sat down, at the cafeteria, he would just pray, Holy Spirit, would you just lead this, this meal here? Just lead this conversation. Take it where you want to take it. And he would always get into the coolest conversations. They're always looking over like, how does he always get in the coolest conversations? Because He's involving the Holy Spirit. He's, like we talked about last week, in step with the Spirit. And that's what God wants you to do. And, and that's what is amazing. Can, can you imagine, just envision it for a sec, can you imagine just leading the person you care about most right now that doesn't know Jesus to Jesus. I mean, how how incredible would that be? How awesome would that be? How, how excited would you be that they're in love with the God that saved you and that has given you peace and hope and joy? And so I just challenge you guys tonight to begin to con- uh, be conversing with the Holy Spirit, be cultivating that relationship like we talked about last week and allow him. To use it because it's him, it's him. He's the one who empowers us to tell people about Jesus. If you're not a Christian tonight, I just want to give you an opportunity to put your faith and your trust in the one who showed them his nail holes, the one who proved it's me. I'm here, the one who was prophesied about up to a thousand years before he ever came, the one who was hopelessly in love with you tonight and wants to be so near and so real. I want to ask you guys to do something a little different tonight. Would you guys just close your eyes for one second? And can we just get all the lights completely out for one second? Just absolutely everything, even screens. Let's just open your eyes for a second. You know, I forget every day that this is how people wake up that don't know Jesus. I mean, they can physically see. But when it comes to hope, and when it comes to joy, true lasting joy, not momentary joy, and when it comes to having someone you can lean on, when it comes to knowing what's going on in the midst of tragedy or chaos. When it comes to someone in your life being sick and being able to bring that to somebody who could actually do something about it, they wake up like this. They wake up going, can't see. I, I, I don't know where to truly find hope. I mean, I've tried it. The partying kind of fills the void. The drinking kind of numbs it. The sex kind of keeps me occupied. But I don't know how to wake up every day in the light with hope and peace, satisfaction and joy. See, I forget that because I've, I've been near Jesus so long. And I just pray that our hearts would be motivated to begin to live this out so that others can wake up with that hope and joy that you and I have. Father, thank you for this night. And thank you that you love us. And thank you that so many of us in this room are singing our lungs out tonight and are jumping and are raising our hands to you because we have hope and joy and we live daily in the light. And I pray, God, that you will use us and enable us and empower us to reach those who need you. If you're a Christian, would you spend some time praying for those closest, inviting the Holy Spirit into those conversations, into the office tomorrow, into the the gym tomorrow, to the house tonight. Say, Holy Spirit, would you involve yourself so that this person will see who you are? And if you're not a Christian tonight, I hope that you'll see a bunch of people around you here who maybe you don't quite understand, maybe you think we're a little bit weird, but we we have peace and we have hope and we have joy. And in the midst of good and bad, we're secure in him. We're not perfect, but we're genuine and trying to be more and more genuine. And maybe tonight you want a relationship with him. And as I've been speaking tonight, the spirit has been leading you into truth. And if that's you, you can just pray something quietly like this. Jesus, thank you so much for dying on the cross. I give you my life tonight. I ask you to forgive me for my sin. And I pray you'll show me what it is to live this life for you. And I ask you for hope and peace and joy. I thank you I'll be with you in heaven and the security that you've given me tonight. Amen.